Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Greg Lim, the co-founder and CEO of Persosa, which helps brands measure and improve customer experiences. So we're talking about customer experience, what it is, how to measure it, and what to do with the results. Thanks for downloading. Now, customer experience, UX, UI, dozens of other acronyms uh, all help to confuse us about what customer experience really is. So in this episode, I'm talking to Greg Lim from Persosa, who's here to help us understand how to measure and act upon the behaviour of folks on our website. We also talk a little bit about third-party cookies as well and what to do when they're laid to rest in the near future. Now, you can find Greg at persosa.com. That's P-E-R. SOSA.com. Also on LinkedIn as well. Check out the links in the show notes. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is totally ad-free. I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media. Subscribe via your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Greg was to explain what customer experience really is. It's much more than a pretty website that works on mobile, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think you know, customer experience is really, really important. But you start throwing around UI, UX, customer design. And yeah. honestly, as, as business owners and marketers, it can start to feel a little overwhelming. And so what I would really say is I think there are two things you can really look at to, to view to, to kind of address this opportunity. I think one is, to your point, it's just not a pretty responsive website. But look at your website through your customer's perspective. Right? It's not just you talking about your product or service, but why are your customers coming to your website? What pro- problem are you solving for them? You know, really look at it through their eyes. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, right, we want to measure success. Are they having a good experience? Do we do we know or do we think they're having a good experience? And I'm sure there I'm not sure. I know there are a lot of different metrics around UIX performance, time on site, how they engage. Again, that can be really overwhelming. I would really align their on-site performance with what is it that you're trying to solve as a business, hmm. right? If ultimately it's leads or sales, use that as the indicator that your customers and clients are getting a good experience. And I know probably your UI, UX guys are quite cr- cringing as they listen to your podcast, but I think you know, we all have 40, 50, sometimes 80-hour-a-week <laughs> jobs with yeah. everything else we're doing as marketers. And so let's just really boil it down. We want them, our customers to have a great experience, and we're giving them a great experience to drive business results. And so we should be using our desired business outcome as the measurement device for whether or not our customers are having a good experience. So when we make changes, when we make improvements, if they're engaging more, if they're staying longer, if they're ultimately purchasing or providing a lead, which is our business goal, yeah. then I think we should consider that a win and really start there. Yeah. Let's go through some of these acronyms first. So UX. Well, user experience, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What, Correct. U, U, UI? Uh, user interface. User interface. Okay. And 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 one which um which I like which I discovered a, f- a few years ago, CRO. Uh, well, chief chief revenue officer is uh, uh, yeah, c- my yeah, understanding. that's a good yeah. Um, conversion rate optimization. Oh, oh that oh. too. Yeah, I guess both sides of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's too many, aren't there? And and I, even, I mean, I mean, you're an expert at what you do. I've been doing marketing forever, and like we're sat there going, 
I don't know. I'm not sure what that means. It's not helpful, <laughs> is it? No, I mean, I think we get a lot of you know, acronyms and fancy buzzwords. Mm. But I mean, at the end of the day, as marketers, our job is to you know, share awareness about our business, drive traffic to our website or store, and then engage those customers about what the value that we can provide to them and ultimately get them to a sale. I mean, everything else is uh, kind of ancillary to that. So I think for all of these buzzwords and different systems and data systems and you know, all of the stuff mm. that kind of moves so quickly, it's just really, whenever you get overwhelmed, just really take a deep breath, step back and say, are more people learning about my business? Am I doing a better job engaging them? And am I growing my business as a result? And that will really kind of help anchor, uh, you know, anchor your day-to-day -day, uh, and your strategic vision as well. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to how we measure this stuff. Because say we're trying to generate leads. Uh, we're trying to generate contacts, something something like that, just a, a lead generation form. That's the goal of our web page, for example, or our website. Um, mm -hmm. how, how do we measure the customer experience? How do we find out if it's good or bad? You know, I, I think that's a really interesting question. And I, I would actually take a step back from that question. Um, you know, to my point before, is it good or bad? Well, if we make changes and our lead conversion is going up, for a business, it's good, but yeah. that doesn't mean they're having a great experience, right? Those are slightly sure. different questions. What I would do is really step back and I I do a thought exercise, which is what would this experience be like if the internet didn't exist? And right. what I mean by that is most of our clients, are, we talk to most of our clients like we've never met them before. So if you think about this, right, whether they're a first time customer our, our best VIP customer and our number one customer, whether they're coming in from the UK or the US, we treat them all exactly the same. Now, uh, and, and then when they come back a second or third or fourth time, we treat them exactly the same way. Imagine if that happened in real life. John, you and I are chatting. Imagine <laughs> we meet a third, fourth, fifth time, and I reintroduce myself to you yeah. like we'd never met. Yeah. You're going to think, one, I'm either forgetful or I'm a, I won't even use the word, someone that you probably don't want to deal with anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, but because, because of the limitations of technology, we have normalized bad communication and bad behavior. Sure. And, and where that goes to, it goes to your original question is, we need to step back from our website and just say, what is the content? What is the language? What was the offer? How did they discover our website? And what drove them there? Right? If they searched for a specific term in Google keywords, let's just say it's a sporting store, and they search for um, rugby jersey. Well, when they come to the website, I want to talk to them about rugby jerseys. If yeah. they clicked on an ad for you know, a summer cricket league, I want to give them a cricket experience. And so really, if, we, if, if we're focusing just on our website, we're missing the conversation with our customers. They have already told us what they're interested in, whether it was the email they clicked on, the ad they clicked on, the search term they looked for that drove them to the website. And our job as marketers is to continue that conversation and present our product or service and business in the context of what drove that customer to the website. And that's going to deliver a great experience, whether that's better imagery, language, offers, etc. But really take a step back and understanding where your traffic is coming from and why they're coming to your website is really the key to answering that question. So would you change the content of the website depending on how many times somebody had visited you? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny, website personalization is such a buzzword these days. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem with website personalization is, um, you know, there's an old saying, uh, 
I'm going to, I'm going to twist it around a little bit to marketing, but uh, website personalization is a little bit like teenage sex. Everyone <laughs> thinks everyone else is having it. No one's really doing it and no one knows what they're doing. Um, and, and I think that holds so true for personalization. Yeah. Um, on one hand, people think they're doing personalization and they're maybe doing a pop-up widget to capture an email or a site exit pop-up. And it sounds, uh, the impact of that is so underwhelming to your business that personalization isn't worth my time. Sure. And the other extreme, personaliza personalization sounds very creepy and scary. Wow, I have to know everything about my customers, you know, their national ID number, their blood type, and what color pajamas they wore to bed last night. Yeah. And and that's that's just as scary on the other end of the spectrum. And somewhere in the middle is a very reasonable way that you can deliver personalized experiences that delight your customers without being creepy, scary, or you know, uh, inv you know, invading their privacy. Do you think big tech have kind of ruined it for the, the normal marketer uh, so that everybody thinks that everybody is, is sucking in data to the level of like Google or Facebook, whereas we're not really, are we? No, I mean, that's you know, that's the sensational stuff that makes the headlines and yeah. that scares the average consumer. But that's that, you know, that's that 1%. Um, although I do think there are some really positive changes for consumer privacy um, uh, from, you know, in the US CCPA or, in, you know, UK and the EU GDPR. I think some of these privacy regulations are, one, going to protect consumers, but as a marketer, really kind of level the playing field and alleviate consumers' fears about data. Um, I know we're kind of it's a it's a it's a moving moving target these days with all yeah. of these changes around third party cookies, etc. But I actually think it's for the positive. I think it's going to one alleviate a lot of consumers' fears about marketers and what they think we do with data, but to your point, the average marketer doesn't do. Um, and I also think it's going to open create opportunity for thoughtful and creative marketers to not just push something into Google algorithm, but to really step back and be thoughtful on how we best engage our customers and talk to them in an effective manner that's meaningful to them. Yeah. Let's move back a little bit to the personalization side of things. So what kind of things would you be looking to do on, on a website within personalization? I mean, w would you kind of like say, well, somebody's just landed on me from, I don't know, from Spain, for example, and the weather's 30 degrees, so we're going to show them sunglasses and then somebody lands from like london the uk it's pouring down with rain 20 degrees so we'll show them umbrellas is that the type of thing we're, we're looking at that, that's exactly uh what we're looking at i mean that's what we do but obviously there are lots of other companies that that do that as well what i would say for marketers is one don't be afraid of this. There are lots of kind of low technical lift solutions that can allow you to deliver those type of experiences that you just described. And then to layer on top of your example, John, is, you know, it's not just, you know, I think that's a perfect place to start, right? Product recommendation. Am I selling swimwear and sunglasses? Am I selling Parkers and, you know, Wellingtons, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not just products. It's the context of those products. So if I'm in Spain and it's 30 degrees Celsius, I come to the website. Don't just have your normal website and recommend me a pair of sunglasses. I want to see a beautiful image of someone sitting on a deck chair on an ocean wearing those sunglasses. I want to see a testimonial from someone that says, hey, I love their selection of swimsuits, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's not just it's personalization, but not in the context of product recommendation, which is a piece of it, but it's about creating these immersive experiences that resonate with the consumer. 
Um, what we've found is that can also sound a little bit scary. Hmm. What we've found is you change three to five pieces of content. Definitely everything above the fold, your hero image, your hero text, your call to action, and then maybe a supporting testimonial or product recommendation. Just by changing three or four pieces of content, we have clients that are getting 30, 50, 150% increases in sales, engagement, time on site. So by making a few small changes and being thoughtful about that consumer, this is something that can radically uh, improve your business results and really move the needle for you. And is the technology to do this available to pretty much everybody, or, or is it just those big, multi-million dollar big companies? Yeah, you know, three to five years ago, you'd have to spend, honestly, half a million dollars, have nine engineers, and sit in your <laughs> IT queue for 18 months. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons we built Persosa. Um, but there are solutions out there, ours or others, um, that you drop a pixel on your website you're up and running next day and it's a few thousand dollars and hopefully you're investing a few thousand dollars and getting five, ten times that back in increased sales. So what I would say is probably not for a mom and pop business where you're maybe making 30 sure. or 40, maybe $100,000 a year, but you start moving beyond six figures and these are, there are some very affordable and viable options that uh, quickly open up in that, uh, in that realm. Right. You've mentioned the word pixel. Um, uh, this is basically kind of like dumping third-party cookies on 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 people's computers, right? And that's going to eventually be put to rest, and they will die off, I would imagine. Um, is this going to be a problem for all of this, all of this um, measurement measuring? Uh, definitely, in the short term, um, there's there is an impact uh, going to be felt, and candidly, is being felt now mm. while. Uh, you know, Google and Apple are in this big, uh, big war, and we're all we're all dealing with the repercussions. The one thing I would say for, uh, that I do want to bring up about this is I believe that the whole conversation about pixels and third-party cookies is completely framed is framed incorrectly for us as marketers. Yeah. Um, right. Third-party cookies are basically the mechanism that allows these large companies to track consumers across multiple websites, understand their behavior patterns, and then ultimately do better targeting and serve up ads. Um, the one, there are two things that everyone in the industry agrees upon. Third-party cookies are going away, and whatever alternative uh, they're replaced with is not going to be as effective. And so all of these articles I read, all of the, the press on the paper, you know, whatever the biggest story on Google is today, say, how do you replace third-party cookies? And if that's the question you're answering as a business owner and a marketer, the answer is we're not going to replace third-party cookies and whatever you replace them with isn't going to be as effective and that's going to have a negative impact on your business. But if you actually step back from that and ask a different question, which is, I know third-party cookies are going away. What do I have to replace them with to replace the business results and mm. replace the revenue for my business, it broadens the question and gives you more solutions to solve the problem. And what we believe the answer to be is, one, there is are going to be third-party cookie solutions that aren't going to be as effective. So that's kind of one piece you have to do. The second piece you have to do is uh, you know, own and track your own customer data in a first-party context. Right. Um, Three, if the traffic and targeting from Google, Apple, everyone else isn't going to be as effective, we need to do a better job at using personalization to better convert the traffic that we do get. And fourth, let's service and support our existing customers 
more efficiently to drive up their lifetime value. And so we believe that the, uh, the question isn't, how do I replace third-party cookies? The question is, how do I replace and enhance the business results that I'm getting from third-party cookies? The answer of which is those four things. One, third-party cookie replacement. Two, own my own first-party data. Three, use personalization to better convert the traffic I do get. And four, use my first party and consumer insights to better talk to, engage, and ultimately increase the lifetime value of my existing customer base. Yeah, it's, there is a difference, isn't there, between the the data which we collect. I think I touched on it before, but it's kind of like we would like to know. We use third-party cookies as marketers to kind of like know things like if somebody's already been to our website before, little things like mm-hmm. that, whereas Facebook want to know your political preferences. And, like, that's a huge difference, isn't there? It's Facebook's fault that, that all these third-party cookies are going, really, isn't it? It is, and you know, one we we can blame Facebook and Google, mm. and uh, I think that's actually correct. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but I also think the hard thing is, um, you know, not as marketers, third party cookies have just always worked. Most marketers don't understand a lot about cookies or how they work. The the analogy I use is, you know, I learned to drive a car, but I don't know how a transmission works, right? Sure. It's just Transmissions yeah. have always been there long before I got my learner's permit and license. And so I've had this luxury of driving this vehicle down the road without actually understanding in the nuts and bolts perspective how it works. And cookies are very much the same for most marketers, right? Digital marketing's only been around a relatively short time in the big picture of things, but cookies have always been there. And so we're people are looking at marketers to find these solutions for third-party cookies when a lot of them actually don't, myself included up until recently, understood even that there are multiple types of cookies, how some of them work, some are going away, but some are staying. It's really, it's really confusing. And so uh, one of the things we try to do is really kind of educate our customers and clients, not about the solutions, but stepping back from that, what are the three types of cookies? Which ones are going away? How do you use them? What do you really need to be worried about? And then when you really understand that, it makes it less scary to kind of look forward and figure out what this right solution is for your business. Yeah, I think TikTok over the last couple of days they they've released their 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 finance financial figures and and things and they they've put a three million dollar hit on just Apple and their you know their blocking third party cookies and trackers and things like that. It's quite a bit, isn't it? It's it is quite a well, bit. It's, well, well, there we go. Three three million dollars for TikTok <laughs> is probably down down the back of the sofa, isn't it? I mean. It's it's relative. One thing I would say for, for those of your uh, listeners that want to learn more, John, there's a phenomenal article, and I apologize I can't have have the link over a podcast, but it's you can just Google it. It's called yeah. "How Apple Robbed the Mobs Bank," and it's really just saying that you know Google and Facebook were the mob. They controlled all of the data and customer insights across the internet, and Apple came in and because of their ownership of you know Safari and the iPhone and their, and their market share around the device side basically disintermediated Apple and Google about this big monopoly that they were running. Really, uh, marketer or not, just from a business perspective, it's an absolutely fascinating read, and I think they really kind of nailed what's going on. And so that's a really nice, uh, yeah, a nice read if you're bored on a Sunday or perhaps can't sleep or sleep one night. Do uh, do Google how Apple uh, robbed the mobs bank. Really, some fascinating insight and research there. Yeah, I'll um I'll leave a link to that in the show notes so folks can just tap on that. That'll be really interesting to read. I appreciate um, it. So when we're when so so we've got to try and measure stuff to to try and find out whether people are having 
great experiences on our website and make things better. Um, so, and we can't do that because all this third-party cookie business. We're going to do it properly. So, so what's the solution? Is it to use first-party cookies? Doesn't that mean that we have to run all the software ourselves on our own website? Uh, short answer is yes, uh, and that can so sound overwhelming. Hmm. Um, what I would say is wh where I see the industry going is because third-party cookies are going away, first-party data, which is the data of the customers that come onto your properties that you're allowed to measure in the context of your website and your web assets, um, there are going to be a lot more solutions that come out around that that are going to be very easy to use. Uh, today, there aren't a lot of great solutions, and so maybe we wouldn't run out in the next couple of months. But over the next, I believe, six to nine months, uh, this is going to be kind of a priority area, not just for marketers, but literally the entire Internet. So I think there are going to be a lot of really smart, powerful, but hopefully easy to use solutions. Uh, they're going to come out uh, here in the near future. So will we be, will we be looking at kind of like gathering the data ourselves through through our own website and then maybe passing that data on to other services through some sort of API or something? Would that be a solution? Uh, that would be a solution. I, I, however, I'd say there are even easier solutions, right? If, right. If you're, tra if you're tracking customer data on your own website, right? If, if someone made a purchase versus didn't make a purchase, hmm. if someone has spent, watched this video on this product or service versus a different video or product or service, went to these pages versus other pages on your website, right? That's data that you don't even have to pass along through an API that can get complicated and messy. But how do you use the data that you're collecting about your customers to better engage and better talk to them? Um, you know, I mentioned web personalization previously, right? But if someone, if someone is coming to your website to, for the first time versus being an existing customer, you should be talking to them very differently whether that's using that first-party data to personalize yeah. on your website, whether it's using that first-party data to do segmented email lists, um, whether it's using that data to then pass to someone else to your question and then do different retargeting ads. It's just being really thoughtful about paying attention to your customers, what drove them to your website, what are they doing on that website, and then using that data to better engage them around the topics that they're interested in. Do you think it'll drive the usage of things like um, marketing CRMs? Um, I think it will drive two things there. I think one, it will drive the uh, usage of marketing CRMs. Um, but it will also, I think a lot of people have CRMs, but we're just gathering this data. Yeah. And we're not, as marketers, we're not sure how to use it. So I sure. think there's going to be increased adoption of the CRMs, but perhaps just as valuable as those of us that have, I mean, if we're just on Shopify and we have all of this customer data, how do we then use that data to delight our customers? That's really where there's going to be yeah. more of a focus. Right now, candidly, all of the large media companies, they train us as marketers to just buy more media because yes. that's where they make their money. Yeah. The real question, what we should really be asking is, yes, we need to buy traffic, but would you rather spend twice as much on traffic or would you rather use the insights you have about your customers to double your conversion? Right. They both get the same business results, but one is significantly cheaper. And that's using your own customer insights to delight them and deliver experiences through email, website, personalization, etc. And so I think there's going to be a lot more focus, not necessarily on just driving traffic, but driving the traffic that we've paid for to better convert it through these other channels uh, that we manage as marketers. So what sort of software is available right now which can help us do all of this? Uh, well, there's obviously Pesosa. I'd be, yeah. <laughs> I'd be remiss say, oh, yeah. if I didn't push that. Um, but uh, you know, we're, we're not we're not the fit for everyone. We hope we're a sure. good fit. But what I would say is, if you go out and Google personalization software, 
you're going to find a lot of different solutions. Um, so I'd rather, uh, the best thing to do is really look at it from a framework perspective. And what I mean by that is, right, there's a difference, there are enough solutions out there that there's something for everyone. Yeah. Um, as I know, this is, uh, you know, small, medium-sized business owners, what's something that is affordable? And don't just look at it from a dollar perspective. What's the ROI on that investment, right? Sure. $5,000 sounds like a lot to a lot of people. But if I'm getting 20, I think if I can get 20 or 50 back by delivering yeah. personalized experiences, that's a really good ROI, right? So I think there's, look at it from an expense and return perspective. Um, make sure that there's a low technical implementation, right? You don't want to have to hire an engineer or third party you know, group. It should install with just a pixel. You want an easy, light technical lift. So it's a practical solution. Um, and then the third thing I would really be wary of is personalization like machine learning and AI is such a buzzword in marketing today <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. a lot of people say they're doing personalization and meaning completely different things. Right. Um, you really want to look for a solution that is, like I said, reasonably priced with a greater ROI, uh, low technical uh, cost of or lift of implementation, and three, that has the ability to change any and all content on your website, because that's where you're going to get the most bang for the buck. Because whether it's search ads, Facebook, influencer marketing, email, we're using all of those channels to drive directly back to our website. So if you can get your website converting better through personalization, it's going to act as a point of leverage against your entire business and all of your other digital marketing efforts. Um, if we're changing, if we're using software to change the content quite a bit, um, how does this play with Google? Does Google just look at the original and kind of like ignore anything else that might crop up? Because if Google bot comes along more than twice, is it mistaken for a customer coming back twice? That is a phenomenal question. Um, I don't know what everyone else does out there, but what yeah. they should be doing is, yes, Google should be ignoring, you, they should be specifically be telling the Google bots to ignore uh, all of the dynamic pages and just crawl the initial content. So what that does is two things. One, um, there, there should be no negative impact to all of the SEO work that you've done. Sure. Um, but on the mid to long term, there should actually be a positive lift to your SEO because all of your on-site metrics should increase. Although Google's not seeing the specific personalized content, they are seeing, wow, people are bouncing less, they're staying longer, they're buying more. This site must be doing something right. So I would say in the short term, no negative impact. But in the mid to long term, there's definitely some positive effects to your kind of uh, your on-site scores. Fantastic. Greg, I could talk for hours on this because it does fascinate me how things are moving so quickly. It's, um, it is fascinating. Uh, where can we find you? Where's your website and all your social media bits? Yeah, uh, on uh, persosa.com, P-E-R-S-O-S-A dot com. And then I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Greg Lim uh, with Persosa, obviously. And yeah. then what I would say is I'm, I'm old school. I've been so fortunate to have people... Uh, mentor help just give time to my business if someone has any questions just go ahead and reach out and email me directly at greg at persosa.com and then um, on my webs uh, on the website I'm going to go ahead and uh, stand up a dedicated page because I think this is these are some complicated but important topics for all my yeah. uh, all marketers to know um, go ahead and stand something up at uh, persosa.com uh, slash podcast and I'll go ahead and uh, put some dedicated resources for your listeners. 
That'll be fantastic. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll put all those links and all those things in the show notes so folks can just tap on them and go there straight away and have a have a great experience of doing it as well. Perfect. That's always the plan. <laughs> fantastic. Great. Thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Greg for his time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.